about but i'm ready I, that's the point are you ready for this freewheeling chit chat whatever we want to do after our we i mean we just come off of our ht guys <laughs> show and it's like i love sitting down with you there i love sitting down in the structure because i don't have to do anything and it's like it's all laid out so Here it's funny you say that because that's exactly how I'm feeling now. There's no structure. I could just talk. <laughs> I don't have to exactly. worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, I love it. I'm, and it's, I mean, we both were in a pinch this week, right? It's like yeah. my schedule wasn't allowing me to even schedule stuff with people with how I would normally do it. All my nights are booked. Everything's booked. And then yeah. you were like, I need this. I was like, Hey, can we'll do each other? You know, we we'll do each yeah. other's show. Here we go. Quid, and quid pro quo. There you go. And it's, uh, but yeah, I, I I love sitting down with you because ever <laughs> I, I got to get this off my chest, Dara. You sit, you come on my show for the twenty four hour, the twenty five hour show, and you've yeah. been so excited since. <laughs> and I'm like, Dara, this is what I do every week. <laughs> You're like, this is the greatest format. I'm like, yeah, this is what I do all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, that's. Let's get right into what we just okay. talked about, the Takeover Tuesday. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're not, this is Takeover Tuesday, but let's get into, um, CES. What's your favorite? Okay. What off the top of your head? What was your favorite piece we talked about? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we didn't talk about it on the show, but it was in the email portion oh. of the podcast that you helped me out on. It was this new technology called quantum dot emissive light QDEL. And uh, it has the potential to be every bit as good as OLED and uh, quantum dot at the same time. So it can get very bright, no burn-ins, easy to manufacture, and it does have a lot of potential down the road. Right now it's scheduled, or not scheduled, but set to go off on phones and uh, laptops mm. and that type of thing. But it can be scaled up to go on full screen TVs as well. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's and, you know, we I, talked I, about sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. We talked about that the large format TVs. If you could put this and scale it up to a hundred and fifteen inch television and you can bring the cost in at say ten, fifteen thousand dollars, that has the potential to be a huge game changer for the what we call the proper home theater. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean some of my like Oh, my advice has been long before I had a podcast or anybody would be like, what can I do to get, like, what kind of screen do I get? What kind of picture do I get? And it's always been, my advice has always been get the, the biggest you can afford. And the biggest is getting bigger that people will be able to afford. I mean, even now at like, if you're paying a hundred and you know, or you're paying 10 grand for 115 inches, that's still not bad. Well, yeah. we need to get it down a little bit more to make it more. I mean, because at that price, you're talking entry level for like entry level Sony or JVC projector and right. screen could be cheaper. 
And now you also have with that, you can potentially go a little bit bigger. So, you know what I mean? Like, so there's, yeah. there's options there where when you buy a display, it's like, it's 115 inches. That's all it's ever going to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, I agree. um, but as that, t- I mean, if it's already down to like 10 grand now for that size, what the heck? I mean, what are we a couple of years away before it's sub 5,000? And, and next yeah. thing you know, that's, that's the norm. And people just be like, I mean, I think home theater, one of the things I took away from, from doing the show last week with you was it, it not only are they making this proper home theater more affordable and getting it, making it easier for people to attain, they're also making it stealthier. And all of those products we talked about from Samsung, about the picture frames and then that projector that looks like a light in the ceiling. I mean, everything's going stealth. So, you know, you you have your, you know, aesthetics committee, it, which everybody talks about. And it's like, but uh, honey, look at you can't even see it, you know, and it's like it looks like a picture frame. And you I mean, I, I think and I mentioned it on on your show last week. We're done with 8K. I think the technology is all going towards what, how can we innovate this entire genre of a hobby and even go into the, the, to the window televisions, you know, I mean, it's, it's fascinating where this is going. Yeah. And it's funny you were talking about uh, the things that disappear when I put speakers on the wall, my first theater, quote unquote, downstairs, my wife had a fit. And I'm, she's like, oh, I, I don't want to stare at these. And I said, I promise you, you they'll just disappear. Eventually, you, your mind will just have them just disappear. And they weren't very big. And fortunately, that battle, either she gave up or I won. Either way, they just, she just doesn't even see them anymore, and it doesn't bother her. She doesn't uh, enjoy the higher quality sound, of course. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing in uh, the, the finance committee that's always a battle for us. Now in a full projector room, like what you have, it's kind of like, hopefully your spouse has told you that's your room, knock yourself out, have a good time. But in the other parts of the house, you do need to consider them uh, in making your decisions. Yeah. And, and if like you you got picture frames turning into speakers, you've got lights turning into projectors, you've got televisions turning into you know, giant picture frames when you're not utilizing them. Yep. Um, it's, it's all about how can we get people more interested? And, and I think that from the, um, we talk about it all the time. Lee Overstreet, remember a couple of years ago when we were doing a Thanksgiving and he's like, he wanted, I remember him saying like, I just want to get more people involved and you want to get them, like tell people like get into home theater and, and you can't, you can't tell somebody this stuff. And that's why I said to Lee, I'm like, it has to come from within because nobody told me to get into home theater. It just, I was exposed to it or I had the idea and it came up and you did it. And I think that's what I think you see in these manufacturers are like, you can't just put out an ad saying home theater is great. Do this. It's, you got to coax them. And what'll happen is you put that projector in a light bulb that gives, it gets the door open. Right. And now like you're allowed to have it. And now you start after a couple of months or a year with that, you're like, get critical with it. And you're like, it doesn't look as good as this. How can I get better? Got him. You, you got another home theater fan because now that person is interested 
in getting to the next step, right? And it's like, but, as opposed to, I just want a big screen. Uh, but, uh, uh, so I'm going to go down that path. I think a lot of people are getting into this not realizing it's even home theater. For instance, right. they just want a big screen. And you know what? A sound bar sounds cool. It makes it sound better. They don't even consider it home theater. They don't even know you and I exist. They're just buying a big TV. And right. I don't know that that will get them to the next level just by having it. We need, if we really want to push the hobby, we need better mechanisms to get them in. Part of it is some people will go to AVS forums or other forums online to try to expand their knowledge. And in years past, somebody would ask, I'm going to just say it a dumb question. It's not really a dumb question. Okay. No, but a lot of people make the person feel like he asked a dumb question and the guy just says, I'm done. I'm, I'm never going back there again. We just need to be very welcoming and answer the same question we've answered over and over again as if it was asked to us the first time. Yep. Absolutely. And that's why I don't go on forums anymore. That's why I started the green room forum with Todd over at AV Nirvana yeah. because I don't like that. I mean, the AV rant guys do a great job. They answer the same questions week after week and they say, Oh, yeah. we answer this all the time. And it's, it, it could be a new listener. It could be a new question from a new, or it's new to you, right? I bought a new car today. Yeah. What'd you get? A 92 Mustang. <laughs> it's like, that's not new. It's new to me, but yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, but that's a, your, your point is exactly right in that it's like they don't even know they're getting into home theater and technically. They're not into home theater yet. They right. have some of the gear. When you get into home theater, like I said on your show last week, it home, the most important piece is you. You can have all the gear, but if you don't care about that next step, if you don't care about how can I make this better, that's, you're not into home theater. You just have a media room, right? And it's like, you, you're just happy with what you have. And that's fine. I don't think I'm offending anybody listening to us. Cause if you're listening to this show or you listen to your show, you do care about that next step. And you, 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 this isn't your first foray into a big screen TV. You're looking for how can I make it better now? That's what home the, the home theater hobby is about is how do I get to the next level? It's not just having a home theater. It's not being happy with what you have and always pushing that envelope. Because to be honest, it's people like us that are getting these new people that are getting a 115 inch screen off their light bulb. <laughs> and it's like, they're going, wow, this looks fantastic. Mine doesn't look that good. Why not? Cause you're using a light bulb, yeah. <laughs> but this is, and that, but now they're intrigued. That's what I mean. Now we've got them right now. Yeah. That's the person that wants to get into home. And you can't ask somebody to do that. You can't ask somebody to care about picture quality. They just do. <laughs> and sometimes you can try and help them, and they still don't. Uh, I, yeah, I told you said story, that story last week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Two weeks ago. And so for the benefit of, of your audience, I'll, I'll tell it again. I went up at Thanksgiving to my brother-in-law's house. They live in Fresno, and we were watching something on their TV, and I was like, Wow, this is very jarring. It was very, uh, vivid <laughs> and, uh, and actually it was in vivid mode. So I said, do you mind if I change the settings on your TV? And, uh, they said, sure. So I put it, I just did nothing more than putting it into cinema mode and they had, his TV had multiple ones. I picked one that was a little bit brighter because I know they were coming off of the vivid. If I went to the totally darker one, they were not going to enjoy it. And I told them, Watch this for uh, a few weeks. I know it's it's not as bright, but I think what you'll notice is you'll see more in the picture. 
And then we went back up at Christmas time and we're watching TV. And sure enough, it was right back to the vivid setting. I didn't say a word because I'm not going to try and force my opinion on them. But they, for all I know, they changed it an hour after I left. I have no idea. But they did not like it. Went back to the other one. And for some people, they like that bright. So you can't uh, teach picture quality. You can just kind of uh, hope that they get it, I guess, is the best you can do. Right. And it's, I mean, you can, I know when I first, when I had my first calibration back in the 90s, it was, you're not going to like this. And they set that expectation, like this is probably going to come across as dimmer than what you're used to, but just let it soak in. It takes some time, and and you'll come become accustomed to it. And then what you'll notice is you'll go back to say vivid mode, and that's when you realize what you're missing because now all of a sudden you're like, right. where did all those details go that I I like to see? Like right now, people don't look at details; they really no, don't. They they, they like just want to see colors. Yep. That's, and they just want, that's a big red car going by. Yay. <laughs> and it's like when you and I are like, did you see the reflections in the paint and the shadows and yeah. this and blah, as the car goes by, right? That's, I mean, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with either side of it, but it's like to try and teach somebody to see the way I see. Oh, one, I would never want to teach anybody to see the way I see. It's, ask my wife. It's ridiculous. Um, too much detail, but. You'll <laughs> never why be I talk happy, the way DJ. I talk. You're never no, happy. No, I never am. I never am. I said that joke in my locker room, the other, the hockey locker room. I upgrade everything. And I was like, my wife, we were, we've been married over 30 years now, but at like 20 years, she was like, literally said to me, I'm nervous when you're going to upgrade me. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 you're not getting upgraded. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, don't no, worry about have- it. When you have the best, there's no reason to look for better. Exactly. Yeah. I've been looking. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I hope she doesn't watch this. Oh, no, I'd say that to her face. I'd be okay. like, I've been looking. You're still winning, honey. But okay, uh, no, yeah, she, no. But yeah, it's like there's, that's, that's, like I said, that's home theater to me is that next step in the evolution. And um, I, I know people with great, great theaters. Uh, personal friends and it's like they've had the same theater for like seven eight years and they're like yeah this is nice it's a media room they put the kids in there to have yeah. some popcorn and watch a movie but they don't they're like what do you think i'm like it's yeah. nice well realistically <laughs> i have a media room i i i call it a media room because that's what it is it's just a very large format with really good speakers and uh it's it's not a it's not a theater room like you but that's okay i still enjoy it and it's a much better picture uh, an experience than watching downstairs. So it's whatever works for you. I understand the the um the technology behind it all. It's just a matter of mm. me needing to close off a wall and turn it more into a a dedicated a room. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um like, oh, so, I'd still call you know, that a theater to, though. I'd still uh, call yeah, it a theater. Well, you can call it whatever you want. Like yeah. I said, most important person is you, Ara. Yeah, in fact, that's a good point because that's where the audio is optimized, my seat, by the way. Anyway, um, going back to my brother-in-law, the other thing they had on was motion smoothing. 
And it looked like video, like soap opera effect is what we were getting. Yeah. I also pointed that out to him the first time. And I said, see, it looks like it's on videotape. And they're like, yeah, isn't that cool? It looks so realistic. <laughs> I was like, no, it looks like crap. What are you talking? I didn't say that. But that's the thing. <laughs> to them, they felt it was better for it to look like it was right. It was live in front of them, like a play, if you will, as opposed to on film. And I'm thinking it takes such, uh, it takes so much away from it, but, mm. and, and maybe it's because that's how we're used to watching uh, movies. Imagine if movies looked like that from the beginning. Yes. Do you think we would have that same effect? Uh, because I've there's TV that. that looks like that, but not movies. Yeah, well, no, there are movies. It's when they shoot it like uh, Gemini Man. They shoot that in um, high uh, high frame rate, sixty frames. Yeah. You know, sixty or uh, what was the recent one? The uh, oh, uh, Avatar. The second Avatar yeah, was Avatar, shot at yeah. forty eight frames. Right. So there is stuff like that, and I've said the same thing because there's people that absolutely hate it. And they're like, so an artist, like somebody, uh, who was it that did Gemini Man? Cause he also did, uh, uh, Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Um, forgetting off the top of my head. Yeah. But, but he shoots like that on purpose and everybody, the people are like dead set again. That's not the way it should be. I'm like, you do understand 24 frames was set up as a budget concern. Yeah. That's yeah. the way they came up. They're like, okay, if they could have done it at 10 and it was, like indiscernible to the eye, they would have done it at 10. They just kept yep. getting as low as they could so they could have the least amount of frames for budget reasons. If we, if the budget wasn't a concern back when they invented this, they would have been shooting at 60 frames a second. It right. would have been a lot easier because it's a frame, you know, or whatever. It's more dividable, everything. And we would have been so used to that's the way it's supposed to look. And then imagine if it, to you made the point. I've been touting this for years, Ara. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe you, you spoke what I've been saying. Um, if you showed people we've been watching, say you're watching 60 frames per second for the last 50 years and somebody showed you 24, you'd be like, oh, it looks like crap. Yep. <laughs> like it's, it's too slow. What I can see it moving. There's judder. There's this, there's that. It's like, doesn't, you know, I, I don't understand. People aren't open to this. It's Yeah, and the directors, they have learned to use the 24 frames per second and uh, not enhance it, but just embrace it, right? Yeah. But Avatar, and uh, if that was shot at 60 frames per second, it was meant to look that way. And it they took advantage of the 60 frames per second. So to me, that's fine. I, I don't have any problem with that. It's just that when I know that I've already seen Pirates of the Caribbean shot with um, 24 frames per second. And then I, I remember I was – I think it might have been Costco and they had it on and it was uh, with um, the motion smoothing or whatever the term yeah. they used. And it looked so jarring to me because I knew what the original looked like. Again, if it was filmed that way to begin with, that's one thing. So it comes down to what you are comfortable with and what you like. And that's not to say uh, that we won't like it because I watch a lot of sitcoms and a lot of sitcoms are just shot on videotape and it looks, that's what it looks like. I actually, I like to watch, um, put a big bang theory on in my theater. I did this years ago. You put it on in the theater, put on the motion smoothing, 
and start reading all the stuff in the background. Because what it does is as the camera pans, it smooths everything out and it looks like hyper-realistic. And there's so many detailed comic books and all of yeah. all of the knickknacks in the background, they just really jump off the screen at you. And you're like, and at 110 inches, you're like, it, it look, it, that show has so much fun detail in the background that it, it, it can be useful for stuff like that. I think motion smoothing is good for sports too. If you're yeah, watching sports, sure. it can yeah. take out some of the, you know, the juddering in hockey or something like that that you might get just from being, you know, a streaming service or something like that. But, but it's funny you say that about Big Bang Theory. When I first got my HDTV, my first HDTV, there was a network called HDNet. I believe Mark Cuban, that was mm -hmm. his network. And yep. they would put high definition content on there. There wasn't a whole bunch of available, but they had gone back and Hogan's Heroes was filmed on, it was on film. They were able to go back and turn that into high definition. And I loved that show. So I watched it every night. I even DVR'd it. And one of my favorite things to do was look at some of the graffiti that they had carved into the, um, their bedposts and whatever. Yeah. And then if they put a notice on the, on the wall, I tried to read it because it became clear. And what I give them credit, they stay true to the character and everything, everything on there. It wasn't a message to the viewer. It was just like realistic to what would have been there had they been in a POW camp. So I, I appreciate that Big Bang Theory did the same thing with their comic books and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Stay true to the characters of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It's um, John and I were doing our comic book podcast towards the end of Big Bang Theory. And I remember saying on that show, um, my aunt saw it and she's like, they still have comic book stores. I was like, <laughs> yes, they still exist. John owns, you know, John owns one mm -hmm. still. Um, they, they, they're less and less, but they do still exist. And that show brought so much awareness to that, to, to the, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in that show that I, I love that show and it's supposed to be just a comedy, but, it's amazing the uh, the undertones that go throughout that show. <laughs> so here's a comic book story for you. When I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, one of my mom's friends gave my mom all her kids' comic books. Goes, ah, he doesn't want these anymore. Maybe your kids would like them. And I mean, there were two shopping bags full of comic books. I mean, a lot. I didn't care about comic books. And my mom says, oh, do you want these? I'm like, nah, throw them away. So I know not every comic book is of value, <laughs> but there had to have been something yeah. in there that was of value. And I just like, why did I do that? Why did I get rid of my baseball cards? Why did I do all that stuff? So yeah, uh, comic books now, it, you know, now if you try to collect, it's not worth it because they make so many of them. It just, and everybody's uh, they realize that there's value, right? Unless they give you like a special, we're only going to make a hundred of these, but they're already overpriced. The trick was to be able to find the old stuff before anybody knew it was worth any value. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, when we were kids, we, the things you used to do to baseball cards, you put them in the spokes of your bicycle, yeah, you'd, yeah. you'd play the game where you put them up against the wall and you'd have to flick it. And if you knocked one down, you got to keep, but they're, you're getting them all yeah. banged up. Right. And yeah. You know, uh, kids, you know, going out and playing catch with a Ted Williams signed baseball. Yeah, whatever. I need a ball. Okay. <laughs> it's got a name on it. Whew, let's go. Baby Ruth. Nobody cared back then. Yeah. 
It's yeah, yeah. it's it's a different time now because all of it, I think it was like in seventies into the eighties, it, it really boomed on all that collecting yeah. stuff and. And then now it, it doesn't like my daughters have a ton of be- beanie babies. And at one point they may have been worth some money, but I think now they're not worth anything anymore. But as you know, just I were way off tangent here, but when it's funny, the, the, idea. the thing was you were never supposed to pull the, um, the tag off of the beanie babies. Oh, so really? my kids, they, I, I, that's just something I heard. And they, my kids never did that to this day. They'll get like a stuffed animal or something. They won't pull the tag off. I said, you know, you can pull the tag off. This is nothing. It just came from some zoo. No, no, no. We, we just don't pull tags off. I was like, oh, my, yeah, it's like I don't pulling the tag stuff. off your mattress. Don't do that. It says it's illegal. Yeah. yeah for the yeah. store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Read the rest. That's, that's the original exactly. headline, right? Ara, people don't yeah. read the rest. They just read the headline. It's like illegal to remove. I can't touch it. Could you read the rest? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's our, this show's all about tangents. That's why I don't have, I don't have an outline. Let's, um, I was going to go on another tangent with my, but I'll I'll leave that one. Maybe. Okay. Well, let me ask you this because we talk about stuff that we watch. I'm in the middle of watching Reacher right now. I've not finished it the second season. Have you watched it and finished it? Yeah. There's only one episode episode yet to come out. Yep. Yeah, I I'm seen really that. liking it. Comes it. out tomorrow. Yep, I'm <sighs> really liking it. Now, let me ask you: the quality of the video on Amazon Prime. What do you think of it? Because it's okay. I don't think it's that great, though. Correct. Good job. Yeah, it isn't. That's <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Amazon is. <laughs> we talked about it last week, and we'll probably talk about it this week too. Um, the Amazon is like one of the worst. And they have some good stuff. Uh, Jack Ryan was pretty good. Yeah. Atmos had some pretty good HDR, but the, they are the, probably the least consistent of quality. The top quality is Netflix and Apple TV. Yeah. Um, Netflix has some bad stuff, but it's more because they have so much stuff. It can't all be great, but they have some of the best stuff and like yeah. any of their like feature stuff, like their movies, like uh, six underground or Adam project or any of their, any, um, what do you, uh, what's the one with Chris Helmsworth that just part two just came out extraction. Those ones, they're all really, really good. And then Apple TV, I don't think they have a bad one yet. I yeah, haven't really I seen. Uh, I saw. Have you seen uh, Family Plan? That was on Apple TV yes, Plus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was I liked the first. It a lot. I liked it too. John and I both saw it. We both loved it. Corny is all get out. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's corny is. I mean, it's you've seen the story before, but it's funny and it was fun. That was the first time I walked away from an Apple TV Plus feature and was like, eh. it wasn't yeah. awesome. Audio video wise, it wasn't bad by any stretch. It wasn't Amazon. And I said that on the show. I said, but it just wasn't like, okay. All right. So we're well, getting you know, so complacent movie, with it. We're like, oh, okay. Apple's good, but Amazon. Eh. But that movie didn't need it. That one, it was all about no. the antics, of, right? So that's, they said, we're going to put our money here, not there, not there being the effects and the sound and that kind of thing. And right. I, I, didn't fault them because I had a smile nope. on my face almost during the entire thing. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, then if you watched Hijack, now see, that mm-hmm. one was great as far as the sound effects. You, you, 
it sounded yeah. like you were on an airplane. It was actually yeah. quite good. Yes, that was really good. Um, but what I'll say about Family Plan is Ted Lasso, I had listener mm-hmm. after, and I talked about this last week on the show too. I had listener after listener telling me how great the Atmos was in that. Watch it in mm-hmm. your theater. It's, I mean, it was a, a sitcom and Apple yeah. TV plus was putting, you know, feature presentation audio video quality into a sitcom. And I was, I was watching it upstairs with my wife while, you know, cause to leave the living room and leave the dogs, we only do it for certain things. And yeah, but. You know, Ted Lasso was so good that people were like, did you hear the sound coming from overhead when he was walking down the street and somebody, so they, they nailed it home theater wise on a sitcom, but then on family plan, and again, it's not bad, but I think they could have emphasized a few more things like they do on some of their other stuff. So that was, but yeah. I mean, if well, that's their worst thing, spoiled. it's great. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's the point. But am to your original point about Reacher, that's kind of like family plan to me. It's more of a, I mean, you're just invested in the story and the character and the, the, the team. And you're like, if I could get a little extra, I would, um, in my home theater. But I also think you need to watch that on the biggest screen possible because that he's huge. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> and yes. it's so much fun just uh, just watching him walk into a room. <laughs> Be like, oh. it's so funny. I I was saying about his character, he is so uh, focused on everything he does. He only eats because he needs to. Like he doesn't get any yeah. satisfaction or, or joy out of eating. He's just like, I need to fuel my body. That's it. All right, I'm done. And whereas, like, we'll sit down and like enjoy a pizza or whatever. Yeah, it's just kind of. It's, yeah. it's funny. And that has its comic moments in there too, which I enjoy. Did, uh, that, did you, I, I'm, 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 that's one thing I'm happy about all these different services. It gives us way more stuff because think about this. Before these services came out, they would have distilled Reacher down to a two hour movie and you would yeah. not have gotten anywhere near the impact that you get from having eight episodes. Yeah. If they even exactly. made the movie. If they even made yeah, it. Yeah, because exactly, because there's – that's a great point because there's not enough content there to be a full-fledged 22-episode network season. Right. Right? But there, you're also – you're getting more than you would out of a two-hour feature at the at the theaters. So we're getting into that, that sweet spot there of, you know, you, I, I'm, you're getting feature quality – compressed compared to a, you know, weekly network show that would be 2022, like 24 was about 20, it was 24 episodes, right? Right. And that, that's what a network was. So they're kind of taking that aspect, but they're simplifying it down to an eight hour series. And that's why people have to realize this. I I hear a lot of people, oh, they're they're only giving me eight episodes. Yeah. But what they're giving you is basically three movies in yeah. one. So if you look at it that way, that's what it is. It's not a television series in the sense of like NCIS or anything along those lines. What it is, is giving the director the ability to really explore the characters and the story and give it a, cause novels typically have way more information than what yeah. they're able to capture on a, on a film screen. So this allows them to do it. That's how we need to approach these movies is um these TV shows. Oh. 
I'm going to watch two episodes back to back, and that's going to be one movie, if you will, a movie night. And then yeah. I can watch another two back to back the following Friday. I don't have to wait a year for them to come out. The, because yeah. um, I'm already doing the next book. So that'll be out next, uh, next year sometime. But yeah, that's how I approach it. And there's a lot of those movies out there. You just have to Google it and say, Oh, I'll, I'll check this out. And Apple's good at that right now. They're bringing a lot of stuff that uh, the maybe Netflix passed on, but they're doing a good job with it. And it's just another platform to watch long form stories. Yeah. And. Uh, to build off of that, Ara, it's people do, they complain, oh, like, oh, this season's too long. It's like when, when Daredevil came out, it was 15 episodes. Then they started to get long, you know, in the next episode, people, next season was like 15. But then if they didn't like it, it was, oh, this is too long. I need to, it's too much yeah. information. Let's get to the action. But it's like, there's a lot. I mean, there's, there's not, when you do a 15 episode season, Maybe not everything is, you know, run and gun action, but there's backstory in there, right? And there's information. And the point being that in the Star Wars universe, we we had those six, originally the three, the original three trilogy. So right. great movies, loved it, right? Then we get the, uh, the prequels, then we get the next three. But in the middle there, they snuck in a little, Dave Filoni snuck in this little tiny thing called Clone Wars, an animated feature. Yeah. Which turned out, which ran for like six seasons. They came back to the seventh season. And now the most popular Star Wars character is Ahsoka. Why? Because she was introduced in not her own feature, but she was in the Clone Wars animated show. And we saw her from childhood. And now we know her all the way to an, she's the most fleshed out character in the entire Star Wars universe. And that's why she's the most popular because we know so much about her and have watched her entire life. Everybody's invested in this person called Ahsoka. You don't do that in a eight season eight episode season you don't it took think of the amount of time it took for people to get that invested and then they those same people go ah this is too long <laughs> yeah well you know it's funny you mentioned that i had a friend who was really into star wars he read all the books and everything and he was telling me about how there's and this is back before i even had an hd tv he goes there's almost an endless supply of Star Wars related content that they could create if they want. And he, he's read all these books and he goes, and if you look at some of the movies, they might give one sentence to an entire series where, yeah. uh, like you said, the Clone Wars, they just mention it. And there's a whole thing about the Clone Wars, but all you got was one sentence where somebody said that he fought in the Clone Wars. And I didn't know what that meant. I watched the original Star Wars. So they, I, this gives producers and uh, content creators the ability to put all the stuff on screen and give it the detail and attention that it needs. The problem I have is I'm burned out on all this stuff. There's just too much. And uh, my daughter is good at keeping it all um, uh, like understanding where it's all coming from. I'm like, which universe is this? Is this the real <laughs> one? It, well, well, I don't know. I don't care. But they try to at least make the movie that if you know nothing, you can still find some enjoyment out of it. Did you watch oh, yeah. Loki? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched Loki. Okay. I've watched all My of daughter them. watched it, and she comes home for lunch. In fact, she just came in. 
and she will put something on and watch it. Well, one day I was out in the garage woodworking and I said, oh, let me go in and have lunch with my daughter. And she had Loki on and she goes, oh, I'll put something else on. I go, no, no, just keep watching it. And I think I got sucked into the last five episodes and I felt bad for her because every couple of minutes, what does that mean? What is it? And she, she was nice <laughs> enough to explain it to me, but I ended up watching it. And at the very end, I felt so bad for this guy. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to give it away in case somebody's not there, but I just, let's just say that the ending was like, I felt for this guy. And, uh, and I never thought I'd even watch one second of Loki. But the thing is, there was a whole backstory be, be, between him and everything else that I just didn't know. And, uh, yeah. it's just, I don't need notebooks to, you know, to, to take notes to watch movies. That's, that's kind of a criticism I have. Yeah, but it's, but to your original point, and this is, this is what I love about you and Braden. It's like you'll, you'll contradict each other or contradict yourselves yeah, well, with your, I'll opinions. contradict myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Not each other, but it's like going back to like, Oh, we want everything a la carte. Here's everything a la carte. Can you give it to us all at once? But the, no, no, like, no. When, I, I, before I, you go on to that, my definition of a la carte is different than what you're going to say, but go on. <laughs> No, 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 but and but that's the point. Is like people say like everything's getting so expensive now. It's not. It's it's far cheaper. If it is expensive, it's because you just want everything. You don't yeah, have that's to have 100% everything. Hundred percent correct. Yeah. Where it used to be Agreed. to to get everything, they would put the prime. And I think we're. I I'm afraid we're heading back in that direction because what they're going they're all gonna consolidate. And now it's like like Discovery and and HBO, you know, they got together. So now it's all one package and the price is that where it's like, I didn't want Discovery stuff or I didn't want HBO stuff. So I picked one and the prices are going to and we're going to get back right back to where we were because they're going to put the most popular things with a couple of the other things that nobody wants and turn it into one streaming service, which is right back to where we were, where it's like, what if I didn't want everything? And that's what, like with cable, it's like, all right, if you want sports, you've got to get our full sports package, but I only want right. that one channel. Yeah, but you got to get everything. I only want that. Can I, well, what's the price for just that? Well, we don't have that. And that's where like, I like a la carte because you can set your butt, pick the most important things to you, you know? And then if ever, if you want to complain that it's too expensive, well, you just got too much stuff. You're <laughs> right. Like, no, I agree. You know, and just for the record, our definition of all cart was back in the days when you had direct TV or your cable company and they had a hundred channels. It was simply picking the 10 channels that you want to watch and that right. being all a cart. Uh, what people are saying now all a cart is you got Netflix, you got, you got HBO, you got all these other things. That's a different thing. And, uh, uh so I still go back to that, but I don't even watch TV really on network oh. stuff. Pretty much for me. It's sports, and uh, right now it's just the Dodgers and the Kings that I really care about that I can get. Uh, if I could get those a la carte, that would be okay. And I can to a certain degree. For instance, uh, I could get the Kings on Bally Sports, but the problem is it's $20, and that's our, that's like a third of my uh, cable bill or my uh, IPTV bill. So I'm not going to do that. I, I can just right. pay another uh, $40 and, and get the uh, – uh, Bally Sports app and use my credentials to sign in. But, uh, yeah, if, if, 
if let's say I didn't like sports, I couldn't care less about sports. I don't think I'd even have an IPTV service. Same here. Same. It's like sports costs so much money. It's ridiculous yeah. because it makes you have to get so that other stuff. Like for me to get Nesson, I got Fubo. And right. I, so Fubo has a great sports package. I don't watch most of it. I watch the Bruins. Uh, obviously, if the Red Sox are on in the summertime, it just gives me that availability. Right. But it's that it, that's what I want to watch. You got to get, you know, you got to get it from somewhere. And the Bruins have their own, they have their own, um, well, they're on Nesson, which is run by the Red Sox. They have their own a la carte. It's 50 bucks a month. Yeah. I was like, are you insane? I was like, I can get, um, who? I, I don't, I guess they, they have people. Yeah. But I, I was like, why would you get that when you could get Fubo? I'm paying 80 bucks a month and I'm getting a whole bunch of other, like my network stuff. Um. That's a great, do you think, I think networks are dying. I don't, nobody watches really network TV anymore. So it depends what you consider network. There's like, I have Peacock and there's a lot of shows that I watch that are broadcast over the air, but I just watch it off of uh, Peacock or uh, Paramount Plus, either one. I really don't watch my local networks except for a live event. It's funny, the uh, speaking of that, on Peacock last weekend or two weekends ago when you, when this podcast comes out, I watched the Kansas City Chiefs against yep. the um, – who was it? The Miami Dolphins. And it was only yep. on Peacock. I was thinking – why would they do that? Now, if you were in Miami or in Kansas City, you got to watch it on your local network. They weren't going to make you do that. But everywhere else in the country, you had to watch it on Peacock. And we did because we have Peacock. And I was later on, I realized it was a brilliant move because there's a lot of Taylor Swift fans who tuned in just to see if she was going to be at the game. And they played it up. They made sure they showed her at least every quarter. And it was one of the largest streamed shows. But if they go down that path, I think the NFL would be smart just to say, you know what? We don't care about networks. We got one app. You want to watch us here. You got to pay us this much money. And that's what, that's where you're going to watch it. It's going to be a trade. Will people give me the money that the networks are paying me if I am, if I make an exclusive? And I think if you charge a, a low enough amount, you might. I don't know. I don't think you will because. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think you would actually charge more to make up the money to your customers. Cause right now people for all intents and you and you and Braden had a discussion on this. I want a while ago might have been a year ago or so. And, but, and I think Braden brought it up, but how, like, how do you right now when somebody bids on it like say apple tv wants to bid on the rights to nfl or or say cbs right they're running commercials right and the commercials are based off of eyeballs on the tv right now if they can say, if cbs can justify okay we're getting this many eyeballs we're going to pay so that means people that don't really care about it are are kind of paying for it Right. Because mm-hmm. they're overpaying. So now imagine like, what are they? And they're paying billions of dollars or for yeah, contracts for these things. Right. So imagine the NFL now to all sports fans, you know, most sports fans, they're male and not all males are sports fans. 
right? So if 50% of all men are sports fans, you're at now what? A quarter of the population. So a quarter of the population is going to make up billions of dollars. (laughs) You know, it's like all of a sudden that would be insane. Right. And it's like, I just, they have to, they have the way they're making their money is I can't believe they're making it, but it's like, uh, did you ever see the, um, it really opened my eyes to me. Um, Bill Burr, he did a stand up at Red Rock and it's on Netflix and he, he did this th- whole thing about women's sports and how women are like, why aren't everybody, why isn't women's sports more popular and women get mad about it? And then he goes, there's more women than men. If you guys all went, then there'd be more people that women's sports would be more popular than men's sports. And it was, but that's yeah. the point. Most women don't like the sports. It's like most men do or not most men do. It's mostly a male populated thing. So okay. they're getting the eyeballs. That's why you can run a Taylor Swift on the NFL is because the eyeballs, there are people the periphery that wouldn't have paid for it otherwise. Right. You're like, I'm a Taylor yeah. Swift fan. Am I buying the NFL package just to see <laughs> Taylor Swift not, in the yeah. sands? <laughs> no. Yeah. But you, <laughs> you know would, what I mean? Yeah, I see your point. They're making you money too- in a way from somebody who's not a sports fan. Yeah, you would tune in if it was over the air for sure. I, I see your point on that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, the um, streaming services have added a new avenue for us to watch. And I'm wondering at what point do they run out of inventory? And then when they start running out of inventory, do you still see the value in it? And I, can you, is there an infinite amount of inventory where even the lousy ideas that would have never got made get made? Or maybe what it is is it's not the lousy ideas. You only have so much that you could broadcast in the old days, right? You only had so many hours in the day that you could broadcast. So let's, let's just, I'm going to arbitrarily pick that's enough for a hundred shows to be created each year. Well, then cable came in. Now you've got enough for 200 shows and, but then that filled in. So then you come up with streaming. It's almost unlimited, which is what Netflix does. So now you've got hours and hours and hours to fill. It's just a matter now of, do you have the production capability to do that? And do we hit that wall? And at that point, when that happens, do people find the value in all these streaming? Because we're still in the early days. At some point, it's going to um, dwindle down to just a, a few that will win. And that's where we're going to go to get all our streaming and our content from. I don't know. I think there's opportunities here. Um, they just, we, we, obviously we just went through the writer strike and the actor's strike and all of that. And I think there's some opportunities here for people that, so years ago, like Spielberg, Scorsese, they hated Netflix when it first, like what, five, yeah, six right. years ago. And they, you know, now they're on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. But here's the other thing is like, you know, and, and <laughs> that's why I love you, buddy. Um, you contradicted yourself again. So I'm you sure watched, you watched Loki. You never thought you'd watch Loki. You're saying there's so much content out there, but then you're asking like, is there enough content to keep these things going? And all of these streaming services, the yeah, independent film streaming service and all these things are giving avenues to people. You and I are on one right now podcasting. 
Yeah. It's everything's getting individualized out and there's, there's avenues for artists to put something out cheaper. Right. And okay. Does it make it? And who knows? I started out, you know, 20 years from now, it'll be like, Oh yeah, this person started out making his own stuff on YouTube and now he's the next Steven Spielberg, hmm. you know, and it, it's giving opportunity in the same with streaming services. As long as we can get on the internet and you can get that content into your home, the value comes from how much are people willing to pay for it. And that's why these things keep going up. It is like, it, if, if, all right, keep paying, keep paying. And then eventually you get to a line where people go, I'm not going to pay that. Okay. All right. Now we adjust. We got, we either have to up our game and give them more that they will pay for, or we lower our price. There more opportunities for artists, more content for us to pick and choose what we like. Like I said, family plan. And like you said, yeah, we're getting a little picky here. That's good yeah. for us. Right. And it's like, I don't think we'll ever be out of content. And if anything else, we're getting artists up, getting, giving artists opportunities that weren't there 10 years ago. You know, when we were kids coming up, Ara, in the eighties, we couldn't jump on a show and talk about the hobbies we like. You got to get a license yeah, from yeah. the FCC we would have get never, a radio channel. <laughs> think about this. If we were the same age we are right now in the eighties, uh, we would have never known each other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As it turns out uh, because of this technology, we get to meet each other and talk. And I've got friends on Instagram that I've never met in person, but I, I know a lot about them. And, um, yeah, so it does provide a lot of opportunity in ways that we would have never dreamed when we were, uh, you know, growing up in the eighties. Absolutely. And now, and, and think of all the people we know through our shows, which we never would have had shows. Yeah. Never yeah. mind, just oh, yeah, like, no. it's just like the entire, now that's the same thing with, you know, all these streaming services are providing opportunities for filmmakers, actors, yeah. you know, sound design guys, you know, all cinematography, like I need something. It's like, that's, it's, and it's, I think it's great. I think there's, well, not there's only so that. much stuff. Not only that's exposing us to content created in other countries. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that I watch out of um, the UK because it's English and it's very easy for me to understand. I, I you know, that show. Did you watch it? Squid Games. Yeah, I, yeah. I did not watch it because I, I think it was in in Korean, right? And subtitled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I cannot watch subtitled stuff because. I feel you miss too much because you're reading. So there's stuff on the screen that you're just not going to see. And I just don't get that. I, I mean, temporarily, like if somebody's saying something and the director will put in a subtitle so you know what it is. Right. But um, beyond that, I just can't enjoy a movie with subtitles because of that. Yeah, we. I, I'm with you on that because I'm always looking around the screen and it's like I'm trying to see the details and other things just to see the actor's expression on it. That's the funny thing about subtitles is uh, I recently started doing some of the Godzilla stuff and like the older stuff and mm -hmm. some of it's subtitled or you can get it in English. Um, John, Steve and I did a lot of the uh, Japanese, like the uh, Kung Fu movies and stuff where they're subtitled uh, IP man or it man. <laughs> mm -hmm. We did that. And it's like to get the Atmos, you have to have it with the subtitles, right? And it's like, 
I, I get it. And I, I've gotten better at it, at, at reading it faster and being able to still see the screen. And it's like, I, I'm typically, I'm more like you, but I've done more and more content with subtitles. But I find it funny that with sub, the, the argument is see it in subtitles because now you're on, or see it in subtitles because now you're hearing that actor's voice and you're getting the proper expression off of his face as he's saying it because yeah. the person acting it out instead of subtitles isn't saying it with the same, in, you know, the same inflection. Right. No, I, I right? agree. It's a that, but, but they counter it. They, they contradict each other. That's, that's okay. So I got subtitles so I can see his face better, but now I'm reading the subtitles, not his face. But yeah. now I see his face, well, but the lips don't match. <laughs> it's like, either way, it's a, com a compromise. You can hear the inflection in his voice or her voice. And uh, right. that, so there is that aspect of it. So I totally get that. But let me pivot again. You said something in there that I used to do a long, long time ago. I quit doing that. You said I was looking around to see the contrast and all that stuff. I don't do that anymore. I, I did for the longest time. I just watch it now because I don't want to spend so much time looking at my TV for those details. Once I've got it calibrated, unless there's something jarring or glaringly wrong, I just watch it. I don't look for the uh, the details like you just described. Yeah, I, I don't typically do it on the first viewing. Okay. Like on the first viewing of a movie, I let you it wash it. over okay, me right. and I'm paying yeah. attention to everything. Um, but I was, which is where my podcast came from. I was raised on like everything means something. That's what my dad always yeah. taught me. And it's like, so like when you see the, what book is in the background or yeah. what Hank oh, no, he has, I get, and, you know, I get. and I'll watch a movie multiple times and I'm looking around all over the place, you know, and like trying to pick up more and more stuff like I do in like Oppenheimer or even in Maverick. It's like you look around the background and you look at, and it, like, I, I know my buddy who's a Marine, he's like, his, uh, it, it went right through him because all of his ribbons are wrong in Maverick. I think mm -hmm. there was one, there was only one guy that had the correct ribbons. And then like, he goes, yeah, they, they just do it because it's, you know, it looks good for Hollywood. I go, well, yeah, but a jet plane can't do what they made it through either. But you're going to get hung up on the ribbons? And I'm like, that's yeah. an honor thing. And I'm like, okay. But, but it's like, that's fun stuff. You know, that's, that's Hollywood. You know, that's, it's, a, that's a good point though. A lot of times this happens mostly with Christmas movies for me because I've seen them for years and years and years. Now when I watch a Christmas movie, um, now I'm looking for those details to pick up something different because I've seen it so many times, like that last scene of it's a wonderful life. I'm looking around to see what I look at the characters. Can I see something yeah. in their face that I didn't see before? Can I see somebody who's almost breaking character? It's yeah. just uh little things <laughs> like that, uh, that I look for. And um, uh, that makes it a little bit more enjoyable, but yeah, it's a very good point on the first pass. You just watch it and you enjoy it. And then if you're going to go back and, and and break it down, then you can be a little bit more looking at the details. Yeah. And that's and that's what's fun about home theater, too. That's what I started and based my show off of. It's like that's, you know, we've seen it before. We You've seen the movie, but we all have home theater so we can experience things like it was in the theater and maybe multiple times like I do, like I 
you know, just in scene after scene and be able to hear like, cause you know, the sound designer, whatever he did, he wanted that sound to go around the room that way. And it's maybe right. you didn't notice it or in the quiet scenes. Why are the crickets on this side? Why is this there? It, just fun stuff to do. I mean, yeah, you're in the hobby. We're doing it. And it's like, that's how you can, you pull more out. But to get back to the point, plus we were getting inundated with all this new content. Right. And now they're putting stuff out like Six Underground. Six Underground opens up with that amazing scene for people like us to go, oh, sit back. Yeah. This is going to be a roller coaster of a movie, right? That opening scene is amazing. And it's yeah. like they're trying to grab you because we're in a microwave world now. And if they don't get you like that, you're on to the next streaming service. Yeah, that one is makes you happy. You spent the money on your uh, home theater system. That is an insane opening. In fact, when I got my um, AirPod Pros, that was the first yeah. thing I popped on, and I just said, "I want to see how this is with the AirPods, with AirPod Pros, and or Max. I think it was the Max AirPod, AirPod Max, Max, the big yeah. ones. Yeah, yep. And uh, it just sounded phenomenal. And now you could watch it." On your, you can get that experience on an airplane on your iPad from the sound point of view, not from the the picture quality, of course. But that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I you and I talked over the summer. I I got my Maxes because of you, and I was like, "What do you think?" Well, and you, you're dead on. I mean, they are yeah. so good. And I, I I pair them with my my MacBook when I went to Cedia, and I was watch. I got them purposefully. And I think, yeah, it was you. It was like, no, wear these on the, don't wear the earbuds on the plane because they fall out and you can't find right. them under your seat. And you're like a Mac. I was like, oh, great idea. So I, I do that and I'm, I'm experiencing all these. I downloaded them before I left. So I got them all on my laptop and I'm watching them and I'm like, these sound amazing. And then in the hotel room and even when I got home, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm, I watched Maverick upstairs in my mm -hmm. living room, paired it to my Apple TV with the Maxes. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've never heard. Did I hear that in my room? I'm like, I was scared. I was like, is this better than my room? Right. And I was like, it was so good. The details around you and the planes flying behind you and all the scenes that I did, right? Then I went downstairs to my room, put on the Ma Maverick and like, you know, 215 yeah. scene. It's not even close. <laughs> I know. I, 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 close. But you it, feel like it is when you're in that, when you first try correct. it. And that, it exactly. When you go back to the original, what, the way it should be, and that bass yeah. goes through you and the sounds are yeah. all around, you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's not even close. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. So um, you're going to laugh at this, but Good. I am close to getting Lena to approve the Apple Vision Pros. And uh, I am well, I would, looking I, at it. It's for the show. <laughs> I'm going to write it off on taxes. You know, the write-off people. Um, yeah, yeah. And then it's a write-off. It's a write-off. What yeah, a write-off who, who pays for it? I don't know. The write-off people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, so I, I see it from a productivity point of view. I see it from an mm -hmm. entertainment point of view and for the podcast point of view. Now, she is not on board. But I'm, I'm, we're inching away at, chipping away at it. So I'm, I'm hoping I can get this thing approved. Ara, if you get it, yeah. I might get it with you because I'm, and I, I told you, you, I think. No, you, you laughed you at me when I said, I think this is the first time I, I can find I, a case for it. I didn't laugh. I just, I, okay. what, I, you chuckled. What, 
no, you and I had a conversation. We had a long, yeah. what, uh, we texted each other when they first yeah, came out. Exactly. You texted me, what do you think? And then we had a conversation because it was, I, I am super excited about it. But you're what you were like. I think you were disappointed in me because I didn't think it was going to be popular with the masses. Like I wasn't disappointed in you. I was disappointed <laughs> that I think that now I might be wrong in my because I was like, this is the first one where I think I could make a case for it because it wasn't just a VR for movies or video games. Right. It was like I can now have my computer screen up, I can have multiple screens, and I can use my keyboard. And so I was thinking even when I'm recording my podcast, I can have all my notes all over here, and I can just pull them right. over. So I saw it as more than just a virtual gaming uh, device. Right. It's a productivity device and stuff like that. I get that. But like, like even for like you and Lena, like you're going to have, she needs a pair. You need two. No, no. I, this will be take. Right. It'll but, be personal. It'll, I'll be using it right in here, uh, working on my podcast. If I'm on an airplane, she already complains that she goes, Oh, every time we fly, I have a, um, a seatmate that doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah. And I laugh. I go, look, I'm watching a video. If you want, I, I got her some ear pods, uh, air pods so I can connect. I said, if you want to watch right. what I'm watching, I'm more than happy to get you these air pods and then we can watch the same thing and listen to the same thing. And so I got her those for Christmas. We're on a flight. We went to Florida. I said, do you want to watch this? No, I'm just going to watch this. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> your seatmate's yeah. going to go silent for the next two hours. Yeah, exactly. And see, like, I agree with you. Like, I wanted to get my wife a pair of the AirPod Maxes, right? And then even when you're sitting in the living room, you can put them on noise canceling. Or if you're watching something with somebody else, you can put them on, they'll bring in the sound, right? right. So now yeah. it's like, and, and they're so comfortable, it's like they're not there. So you could be watching the television at your own specific, I could watch it at reference level. She could watch it at whatever level she wants. Yeah, right. But if she says something, I'll still hear her. And she can hear me because the AirPod, it'll bring the, her voice in there at the appropriate level so that I can hear her. If the, if this, the, the headset, I can picture doing the same thing, but it's super expensive for two people to sit there and watch television right. yeah. and not be able. Now, if you're watching a movie and you have this whole thing going on, this is, and like you and I had the conversation, this is where it's human nature is going, is so detrimental to this product because we don't, we want to be with other people. Right. As we're, we're pack animals. And that's the first thing I said to you. I'm like, all right, headsets have never worked for us. We don't even like 3D glasses. And now we're going to put a mask over our face and you can't see. Like, so you're going to be sitting in your room and you're not going to be aware that somebody walked in. But then it's if you're podcasting, you're going to lock that in. But now somebody's walked in and not, whack you upside the head and surprise you. Or are you going to no, have it alert you? And now it's going to open up. Yeah. The beauty of these is when somebody walks in, it will let that in. If you say, okay, I want to be notified when someone comes in, it, now all of a sudden it'll become more transparent and you can say, oh, okay, there's somebody here. Right. But now people are walking by you and it's interrupting you what you're doing. If you're watching a movie or something, you're like, oh my God. So you're going to lock it and now you're separate from the world. People are going to be like, I can't do this. Let me just uh, put all right, myself I tell you on what. my TV. Uh, 
I'll report back how that goes. I don't think it's going to be what you just described because uh, I, I think, one, I'm not going to watch it in front of where my TV is. That See, that's the difference. I'm no, gonna, you're going to go lock yourself in a room by yourself. <laughs> Everybody leave Which me alone for the next the two purpose. hours. Hey, let so, me ask you a question. Where are you at right now? You're in your in your uh, theater, right? Podcast studio. Anybody yeah. walk? It, nobody's walking in there. So if you go, if you go downstairs to watch a movie by yourself, it's the same thing as if I'm sitting in my room with these uh, goggles on. Right, but if somebody walks into my theater, I see the door open. If somebody walked yeah. in here, I'd see the door open. If I uh, have this thing locked and loaded, and I'm sitting here, and somebody walks up behind me and grabs me by the shoulders, I'll end up having to change my pants. No, I'll see <laughs> like, the same thing because it'll it'll notify you that somebody's walking in. It's got all these I like get, detectors. I, Ara, Ara, I'm just I'm I'm not arguing with you. I'm trying to tell you like this is why the masses won't like it. You and yeah. I, like oh, okay. to your point. I want this thing. I'm I, yeah. like you and I. We I, we talked about it. I want to watch a hockey game with you on this thing. I want I that technology I, I where you and I is sit, so cool there. Yeah. Ah. Oh, so like, if you get one and we can do our first, we can do a podcast together through this thing and be like, you're. I'm sitting in front of you. I'm all in. I love. All right, that's it. cool. All I, right. All right. We're I'm gonna, as excited we're make as you are. We're yes, make it happen. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, that's the thing. I'm as excited as you are that way. I just don't think we're not there yet for them. We're not iPhone. It's not going to hit the masses like the iPhone yet. It, oh, no. We gotta I, be, we're I a ways and, away from that. And it is version one. And it mm. probably will get better with version two and three and four. But, um, you know, I had the first iPhone and it didn't do nearly what the subsequent ones did, but it was still a huge advance in what I was had at that time. So I don't regret buying the first one, but um, I, I think the same sort of thing will happen here. And if everything goes like it has in the past, when I'm ready to buy the next version might be three or four. Those will go, the version one will go to Lena and I'll have three or four or I'll sell it on eBay <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> So as they progress, poor Lena's sitting there with this giant headset on that she looks like she came out of like the the the, the video game Halo. And Meanwhile, you're sitting I'll just back on a glasses. pair of Ray-Bans. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> she looks yeah. like she's put into an insane asylum and you look like Tom Cruise. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Like, hey, sorry. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I'm an early adopter, honey. Maybe <laughs> you, I won't. You uh, it. <laughs> yeah, maybe I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Oh, yeah, I love it. I, I, when does it do out? It's like March, right? I think they were saying February, and they're taking oh, early orders. Orders. But uh, I don't know that I'm going to order it right away because, as I said, I'm still – lobbying the finance committee to get approval for funding. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously I'm tight on funds, but that that to me is just like I got to just go paint a few more bumpers. <laughs> yeah, I got to figure <laughs> like, I, I got to figure out a way yeah. to do that, yeah. Cuz especially for the podcast like you said, like if you and I could sit here and do that and be able to and I I mean obviously if it works with this app, you works with your I have a MacBook and then just be able to feed it right in and go boom, there you go and to your yeah. point, it's like everything around you. It would simplify this whole room. You know, 
Oh, oh yeah. Oh. I, I mean, we could get up and walk around and everything. I don't know how good the microphone would be. That's the only thing. The um, True. I was thinking I could change the microphone to my earbuds to hear what that sounds like. But um, but you could also is, like I I could put this roadcaster that I have right through my MacBook. So my, yeah. I, oh, you could, yeah. all you do yeah. is just like if I'm doing this right now, I could, if I wired the roadcaster into my MacBook, it, I'd just be, I, any microphone would work. So I could still right. do that, but I'd be sitting there like this. My eyes would be covered, but my, I'd have to be up to the microphone. Yeah. You know, we'll figure so. it out. It, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're doing it for the show. That's what show. I'm going to tell my family. And you're going to tell your yeah. family it's for the show. So it's for the show, I know, sacrifice yeah. for the show. Just, yeah. just to prove it, and uh, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fact and that now, we can watch movies, you know, uh, would Braden get one? Neat because you could. Uh, sorry, do you think Braden would, would get one? I would doubt it. Braden is not like that uh, as far as gadgets and stuff. Plus, he's got young kids. He just doesn't have the time to do That's that. True. I'm lucky. My kids are, are grown and out of the house. So, um, Same here. Uh. And maybe, you know, if I tell him, Braden, it's for the show, maybe he'll do it. But I'm spending Braden's money at that point, so I, I don't know that he would do right. it. Well, I know he he wasn't an Apple guy but then became an Apple guy, right? Yeah, um, right. and I like, never lobbied him to do that, but he told me one time what what made him do that is anytime he had an update to software, everything broke on his uh on his Android phone and he had to re-download and whatever. And he would see me never complaining about it. And one day he said, I think he got it for work. They gave him one. And he realized how much smoother it was. So he ended up getting, uh, getting an iPhone, but he, he is not in the Apple universe like I am. It just some devices. He's got a MacBook and he's got, uh, an iPhone, but that's about it. He, he's, I think he's Spotify. He's not Apple music and that kind of stuff. So it's good. I like him having the alternative, uh, Oh, so yeah. we have a point counterpoint, but yeah. uh, lately, even with his Apple TV, uh, he's a little bit more with some of the shows that are available on Apple TV. But yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah, although he does do have, Roku, so yeah, he loves Roku. Um, I tried them all, and I I found same as you. I found Apple to be the most um, consistent. Out of all of them, the easiest to yeah. use interface and all that. I I had the Roku. I had the Fire Stick. I had all iterations of it just as a home theater guy. <laughs> I was just like, all right, they got a new one. Let me try that one. This was before I had the, a podcast, like I said. This yeah, is the I only one I... The only one I never tried was anything Chromecast. I had a Fire Sticks. I had Amazon Fire uh, separate box. I had the Roku. And then what happened was Apple came out with their... Um, uh, with their Apple TV. I bought the first one. It wasn't that good. But then when they came out with the second generation, I bought that one. I liked it more than the Roku. So I ended up giving the Roku to a friend. And then I had the Amazon Fire because they did not have the Amazon app on the Apple TV. So I would just switch between inputs when I wanted to watch something on the Amazon device. Then when they came out with the app, when Apple and Amazon finally buried the hatchet, I said, why do I have this separate device? So I got rid of that. Now I focused all in on the the Apple TV. It, it does cost more, but that that is a drawback. But if you're in the ecosystem, it's a small yeah. price to pay to have everything all uh, connected like that. 
yeah, everything universal, everything all connected. Yeah. Same with getting the MacBook was really expensive compared to a, a you know, a typical, you know, regular computer, PC, right? But yeah. now it's like, it just is so integrated with my, I take a picture with my phone of the, all the images I use in the show. It's just, it's all yeah. so into, well integrated. And Joe, my IT guy, he, he'd been telling me get, uh, every time something would go wrong with my PC, he'd be like, you got to get into Mac. You got to get, because yeah. like you said before, like the updates and stuff, like, oh, I got an update and my OBS isn't working and this isn't working. And he goes, oh, I lost everything. And he goes, get a Mac. It's all backed up. You don't, you know, it's yeah. smoother. And I, I've had this thing since what the summer when you and I, like yeah, I said, like so, July or something. It's so smooth. For your viewers, I'll give a little background and history on me. I've developed Linux software, Windows software, Mac software, iOS, and Android software in my 30-year career. So I've used them all. I'm very fluent with all devices. I've got PCs in this house. It's just what I prefer. I'm not saying it's better or worse. I don't right. even go down that path anymore. I remember in the 90s, there was that Mac PC battle, and oh, yeah. I I gave up on the battle part of it. I'm just like, hey, you do you, I do me. Both uh, platforms get you whatever you want. It just I prefer this one. It so it's it's not any indication on which one's better or worse. That it just works best for me. Yeah, it's like I was always I go back to the days of like Mac was for the artists, right? Like if you're going to be doing art drawing or yeah, anything like that. That hurt that, Apple that, a lot. Yeah. And, and now it's in even the first iPhones, I was like, I work by myself. I was on the road. I'm like, I need something where I can get this, this, and this. And then what you found out and that what I think Apple does really well is they're, whatever you buy, whatever product you buy of theirs, you make it your own. There is no definition to what these things can do. It's more, they're more in this app based ecosystem that we're in now as, as a, as a society, really. It's, you know, you just make this whatever you want and you can right. be, you know, business wise, you can run all these different, it, 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 I just think it just runs the smoothest, um, so far, but to your point, it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, all the, they all work. And I know people, I hear more people like you that were like, ah, you don't need Apple, blah, 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 when they were younger. Cause they, they know every, they knew everything. But when they, as they get older, they're like, "Wait a minute! I don't want to have to write code anymore. I'll just go over to Apple." And everything's just ah, it's just so much yeah. smoother. I know a lot of people just like you that are very, very, you know, smart in the you know in the tech world. They know they built their own computers. They know how to do everything, and then they get older. They're like, ah, "Just get an Apple. It's so much simpler." <laughs> yeah. Well, again. I remember my brother-in-law adding a coprocessor to his PC. It was a 286, and he had to add a coprocessor to it. And I watched him do it. It was fun. You know, and that yeah. – if you came from that mentality, it it felt almost liberating because you could do what you want to do, whereas Apple's a walled garden, and they kind of lock you down. But they do in a way, but they also give you the freedom to customize your applications. It kind of doesn't matter anymore. Really, like you said, I had a friend who uh, he's got um Discord app and it was making whenever it got a notification, it would make this sound. It made the exact same sound on my iPhone to the point where I got so sick and tired of it, I turned it off. And he was telling me, I'm tired of all these noise. I, oh, you could turn off notifications. 
I had never seen the Android app, but I knew exactly where to go. And I said, oh, here you go, here, here, and here, and you just turn off uh, notifications. Boom, done. Two different platforms, but pretty much the same code. So it's whatever works best for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, that's the, and it's, but what's nice is the options now too. You can, I mean, if, if one's not working for you, try the other one. And you can, right. and it, which is to go back to our thing with streaming. I think that's one of the nice things about streaming is the contracts are going away. We used to sign up for like Dish or cable TV and you're locked yeah. in for two years to get that price. And now it's, you're like, oh, I get this low price, but I get locked in now. Okay. But then what happens in two years? Now the prices are being driven lower and lower because there's no commitment. And it, people will be like, I don't, you're, this one over here is better. I'm out. And you just bail on that one and try this one, try this one for free. Well, that's how I ended up cutting the cord, tried it for free and was like, oh, that's way better. And I just stayed with them, you know? Yeah. Back in the old days, right? They'd have to send somebody out to your house to do an install. And if it was a satellite dish for, and then you're the first one to get the satellite dish, they had to climb on your roof or find a place to mount it, run cables. It cost them a lot of money. So they wanted you to stay committed to, so they could recoup that investment that they spent for the installation yeah. if they gave you free installation. Now it doesn't cost them anything. It's just an app you download and, and you just, they just turn it on. So it's easier for them to do that. And I appreciate that. And the quality has gotten better. The one aspect that I kind of, uh, miss is the B once you memorize what channel numbers were. You could just punch it yeah. in on your TV and get right to it. Now it takes more of a step to get there. Scrolling. I remember when I had DirecTV, uh, the satellite and DirecTV streaming side by side, the family never watched the streaming because yeah. they didn't like the fact that you couldn't just punch in a number. The only thing we did on DirecTV was on the, on the satellite box was watch TV. Everything else was being done on the Apple TV. And I made the decision unilaterally to call and have them take their equipment away. And I forced the family to go to the streaming route. They did not like it, but right. they got over it and they just yeah. figured out how to use it. And now that's how we do it. But it, you got to pull the Band-Aid off. It would never work for my mom. Never. Because she's got her channel numbers memorized and she is so... um technophobic that she could not figure out you hit the menu button and you scroll up and then you scroll over to the channel that you want and you hit select and you're in it, it would just never work for her yeah it's when we cut the cord it's like three three years ago um i i started for free because i had apple tvs so i put we had them and I'm like, let's just, we, we'll stop using Dish. We still had it. We'll stop using it and we'll do this. And the first day I changed everything over, I'm like, this is great. Because at the time, the quality went up, like literally through the roof. The sound was better. The picture was better. Everything streaming was just, you know, everything was better than what you were getting through Dish Network or cable television. And... I was just like, and, and then I did all the numbers. I was like, here we go. Boom, 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 boom. I'm like, we were paying over $200 for dish. And now when I cut the cord, I was paying with into, because I was paying 200 just for dish. And then I was paying for internet on its own 
because I didn't have cable. I was just paying for internet. So that's a push, right? So now right. just with my internet, I'm, I don't have to include that because just to get all the channels that we had, I was paying like $80 a month. And I was like, I'm saving 120, over $120. I come upstairs after the first day of us doing this, right? My wife's already in bed. I come up, I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is, I'm like every, I just come out of the theater, right? I look at my wife and she looks at me so angry. She looks at me and goes, I hate it. (laughs) And I was like, I was shocked. I was like, because usually she doesn't even get angry with me, like about stuff. She doesn't, she is like, I'm the opposite. I got emotions going left and right. I'm a roller coaster ride of a person. She's so stoic. She's per- she's always like, I'm like, oh, I'd surprise her for her birthday. She's like, oh, thank you. She's like, yeah. nothing gets her angry. Nothing <laughs> really gets her excited. She's so, she was angry. I was like, what? I go, we're saving $120 or whatever. And she goes, I don't care. This is awful. I go, hun. The quality I'm getting, the improvement in quality, I, if you told me it was 120 more, I would do it. I go, I'm saving yep. money and getting better quality. But she hated scrolling. I was like, just try it. A week later, no problem. She loved it. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And it's easy. And she well, goes, what and are we doing this buttons thing for? Just scroll right to it. Boom. On, on my DirecTV stream, if you just hit the up uh, button or scroll up, It'll bring up the last five things that you, five channels that you watched. Yep. Pretty much 90% of the time, that's where we want to go. And that 10% that we don't, uh, there's something that we want to go to. Otherwise, it's, we've gotten very quick at going through the, um, the TV guide and finding it. It's not that hard. <laughs> you know, just like yeah. if you keep it pressed, it really scrolls fast. And if you're all the way down at the Z and you want to go up to the A, it doesn't take very long to get up there. Yeah, it's Fubo is pretty good. Uh, you can put them in your order in whatever order you want. So I put them in what they were growing up, like CBS, NBC, ABC, all in the right order. Then I put Fox and I put all in, you know, then my sports network. So you can favorite them and then put them in the order that you want. That was nice. And with Apple TV, you can, uh, you, you hold down, it'll go to last channel. So you have yeah, that. You cool. can jump right to it. So it, it does take some getting to, used to. But I, I agree with you. I think what is funny is that now we're back to, even though we have a remote in our hand, we're all the, they've come all the way back to when we were kids. And if you were on channel four, you had to go click, 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 get up, walk to the TV and turn the knob to say, if, you know, if it was Fox, it was channel 25 out here, but you go click, go to UHF and then scroll with your dial, right? So we have a remote in our hand, but we're now we're back to scrolling again. <laughs> it's like, yep. Was um, it, where you were at growing up, was it UHF or VHF for your TV? UHF was the secondary. Was yeah, so same you had, same here. Yeah, all the channels that were on UHF were the kind of ones that's like, ooh, you feel like you're. Going in the underworld. I remember it's like I discovered UHF one time and there was a, a cartoon called Speed Racer and yeah. it was on channel 52, which now I believe is Telemundo, but back then it wasn't. And the <laughs> only way to get it was you had to go to UHF. And now VHF clicked each 
uh, time you churn. Yeah. UHF was a smooth scroll, like on a radio dial. And you had to go to where 52 oh. was and the dial didn't have all the numbers. So you're kind of like, okay, is that, oh, look, something's coming in. And when you got it, you felt like you were doing something that no one was allowed to do. <laughs> I just thought it was so well, funny. We had, we had four, five and seven were our main VHF channel and two. So PBS was two and we had four was, when I was real young, it was NBC. Then it got bought out and it turned into CBS. And then five was always ABC and seven was the opposite of NBC or CBS, right? But then we had out here in Boston, we had, uh, channel WSBK TV channel 38. That's where the Bruins and Red Sox were on some of the, before Nesson was around. So we had that. They also had a show on at night called um, uh, the Movie Channel, the Movie Corner, where they featured a movie every. I, mm-hmm. uh, the Movie Loft. It was called the Movie Loft. They featured every, I think, at eight o'clock every night. That was you uh, ate that thirty eight and Channel fifty six. And then in the 80s, when Fox came out, that went to 25 UHF channel. So we always had that UHF, like, okay, you put on, and that was where all the kids' shows were. Brady Bunch was on there on Channel 50 in the afternoon. I come home, all like Star Blazers, Guy King, all the cartoons I used to watch after school. Those were all on UHF. Same with Saturday mornings. And to your point of the clicking, it's like to go from four or five was a, right? It was a nice, it was a click. I had to go from 38 to 56 and it was, but my parents were in the, in bed still. This is like six o'clock in the morning, right? Parents are still trying to sleep in. Yeah. Yeah. So you're trying to go from on Sunday mornings, you're like trying to click it and you're trying to get from 38 to 56. And do I go one at a time so they can't hear it? Or like a band aid, do I go like really loud click and then they'd yell at you, stop break. You got to break the TV. And it was, oh my God. Trying to was get from 38 to 56. Was that something that our parents were given like a manual that said yeah. when your kids turn the channel, cause we would do the same thing. And my dad would say, you're going to strip the thing. And yeah. then you have to get pliers and put them in there to change the channel. Oh, cause they, because, pull, they pulled it out on you. So you couldn't change it. Right. The, 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 the channel changer <laughs> device was plastic, but the little thing inside was metal. So the plastic thing would strip, but you could go get a replacement. But back then, it's not like you had Amazon just Google, okay, a uh, uh, turn clicker thingy, you know, and they go, oh, here's like seven of them. Which one do you want? Boom. Okay. Next day it's there. No, no. you didn't you go to get Sears it. So you'd, and go down to the, you'd go down to the TV store and then they'd have to order it for you. It would take a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, you're using pliers. But I'll tell you, <laughs> those were the days when you had to do that. And then the volume, it was on volume. So you click it and that turned it on yeah. and then you'd have to turn the volume up. So uh, yeah. at least back then you didn't have to worry about when you turn on the TV, it was blasting at you. Um, right. But yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I tell you my had- kids these stories and they're like, dad, you, you must have lived in the dark ages. I loved your conversation with Braden two weeks ago about the clicker. Yeah. I was dying laughing because I got one for you. I'm glad we, I'm glad this came up. So yes, you were dead on. So if, for those of you that don't know, I was talking about where did the name clicker come from? And it was the frequency of the click is what changed the channel. So there'd be a metal band in there and where the click happens on that band changes the sound frequency of that click. So you'd push like your volume up would be click 
and then your volume down would be like a like a little bit lower of a volume and your right. the television would know what frequency it was listening to and that's how the clicker worked the one would have and i think it was a pan or something right Ara? like a, it was a almost like a dish pan inside and depending on where you pushed on it it would be a different frequency when the metal bounced back and that's how it right. worked okay so that's where we get the term clicker do you know, now here's where, and my wife, I always make fun of her for this. So I'll do it publicly here. You know what she called the remote? No. The chooker. <laughs> what? And you know why she called it the chooker? No. That's what the, that's what the TV does when you change the channel. The noise oh. on the television, the sound coming through would be <laughs> so they call. So they didn't have the clicker where the remote would click. Right. They had a remote like, okay, this is the remote the cable company gave us. So you go, boom, you push it and the TV goes to the next channel. <laughs> so they hilarious. go like, how do we make the TV go chook? You do this. So it was called the chooker. And I was like, oh my God. Well, at least it's still sound related, but I was like, yeah. no, it's called the clicker because it clicks. She goes, no, the TV goes chook. <laughs> like, but the, t- the, the oh. TV is the chooker. <laughs> That's funny. Now, um, where we lived in the valley, we couldn't get all the channels very well from Mount Wilson, which is where the transmitters were. Mount Wilson was great if you lived in Pasadena, downtown L.A., Santa Monica, those areas. It's just like a line of sight right to those areas. We lived in the San Fernando Valley, which was kind of off to the side, and we had hills in the valleys. And where I lived, there was uh, we lived on a hill. So we couldn't get all the channels. My dad, it was like a compromise. Okay, which channels do I want? And we'd be on the roof and he'd go, okay, turn it to the right. And so he loosened things up and we would turn it to the right and he'd look at it. It goes, okay, hold it there. He'd come up and then he'd screw everything down and, and we'd be done. My uncle, who lived just about two blocks away from us, he had this really cool invention where there was this thing that the antenna was mounted to and downstairs he could just turn it and it would click, click, click it would move the antenna. So it was like a remote control for the antenna. So if they wanted yeah. to watch uh, KTTV, which was Fox back in the day, he would, he'd have it a, um, like it would be, you turn it to here and it would turn, it would turn the antenna to there and would optimize the picture. And I was in awe of that thing. I was like, dad, why don't we have that? And he's like, <laughs> my dad was like so tired of trying to get up there and, and deal yeah. with it because it just wasn't worth it. So we watched TV that was either snowy or ghosting and all these things. It was terrible. And then cable came out and all of a sudden all your channels are perfect. It was the best thing that ever happened to TV, at least in the San Fernando Valley. And then you got all these other channels. Right. And it's, it's that, that was the other thing. UHF had less snow issues. The VHF channels would come in snowier. The UHF channels, it it was just a a cleaner signal. So you had, it was, it was, you'd watch the game. Like if, uh, like a a Bruins game, if it was on a national TV or something like that, for some reason, it was all snowy. But on channel 38, you're like, oh, it's less snow. I can actually see a puck. And then you go to cable, you're like, there's a puck. Look at that. It's like, you know, and that's at what? 280 lines of resolution. Yeah, I know. But it was, 
to, to that, like that whole entire, like dialing the thing. I love that part, that dialing the whole thing in and doing, getting the best reception. And my buddy bought a copy of Grizzly Adams online about 15, 20 years ago. And he's so excited to go over his house in a VHS copies. And he thought he had the box set of v, of Grizzly Adams. I don't know if you've ever seen the show. Oh, I remember that show okay. very well. Yeah. Yeah. It was somebody's home movies with snow. Oh, <laughs> somebody recorded. Somebody record. <laughs> That's he hilarious. Paid like 50 bucks. He puts it in and he goes, and you can't get rid of the snow because it's recorded. He goes, this is awful. All right. <laughs> last awful. story I'll, I'll tell since we're, we're reminiscing. Yeah. Out uh, here in California, or at least in the in the Los Angeles area, it may have been everywhere else. I don't know that, but I know back in the um, in the seventies, we had something called On TV, and On TV was a movie channel. In fact, uh, I believe that was like the precursor to having your HBO and Showtime and that kind of stuff. And what they would do is they would run movies that weren't available to pay TV. So it was the original HBO. What it would do is be broadcast over the air on channel 22 and you could watch it, but it was all like wavy and everything. It was, you could, you couldn't really see what it is, but you could see there was something there. They used an analog decoder and they would put a box. It was called the on box and you would put that in your house and it would descramble it and you could watch it. Well, my friend's father worked for, it might have been Raytheon. It was one of the defense contractors. And there was a ton of them in the in the Los Angeles area back in the day. And they figured out, oh, we could decode it. So I remember my best friend, Daryl, and, uh, and it, the friend who did it was, it was Tim. And his dad was the engineer. And we're just, me and Daryl are looking at each other. No way this thing's going to work. Because we didn't know. We were like, you know, 14 years old. These guys can't be that smart to figure it out. But they were brilliant engineers. We just didn't know it at the time. And they had their oscilloscopes and they're talking and throwing words around. And, and all of a sudden they, they got it dialed in. They said, okay, that's the frequency. That's this. And they ended up uh, building a box. And he was able to get on TV for free. And then later on, they didn't do this, but an industry, cottage industry grew up of people giving you these, these cable boxy scramblers. Black boxes. And they, you'd, you'd buy it and you'd get all this stuff. But then they got smart and they started changing the frequency. So it, this cat and mouse game came up and then eventually at some point they went digital and then I think it just went on cable anyway. But that's what we would do, uh, back in the day to get <laughs> our movies. Uh, there wasn't even DVR rentals or VHS rentals at the time. That's how I used to do it. Yeah. My, our first cable, um, the first time we got cable, we just got our standard box. The second time, my dad, great people, person, very personal with people that come into his house. The guy, the cable guy setting him up because the original cable boxes, to your point, every, all your programming was programmed into the box. Right. They didn't do it over the air. So every box had the capability of everything. You just had to know how to unlock it. And our, our second cable box, the guy comes out and he goes, I'll, I'll tell you the trick. And he jumped, there are two wires on the back yep. to connect it. And he goes, just connect it, put a jumper coat hanger piece, just go right from here. I'm, you didn't hear it from me, but if you do yeah. this, you'll get every channel. And he's like, all right. That was the early days. 
they got they got away from that. Now it's internal. You had to program it, and that's where that cottage industry came from. You used to get all you got to do is get basic cable. You pay your whatever it was like ten bucks a month, and you pay. I paid two hundred dollars for mine, and it looks like it's a cable box. But somebody takes a cable box, opens it up, and they 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 program it the right way, meaning wire it the correct way. Mm-hmm. Sell it to you for two hundred bucks. You take it home, and you're getting like two hundred dollars a month worth of channels because there was it had everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, that's how they did all that stuff back then. And it was, ah, and now everything's digital. They send it to you from somewhere else. It's not, yeah. you can't, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, one time somehow or another, there was an HBO free weekend. So we were getting HBO for free for that weekend. And then when the weekend ended and we still got HBO. So somehow or another, the command to our box to say block it didn't come through. And we had HBO and it was the greatest yeah. thing until it wasn't the greatest thing. I think yeah. one of us called for a complaint or something and they reset the box for a different reason. But that time they cleared out the free <laughs> HBO. We're like, damn it. We don't have HBO anymore. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, oh man, so much fun. Oh, the good times. Good times, uh, man. I, I think we've actually, I've been doing this for four years. I think we touched on stuff I've never touched on before in the show. Okay. Very cool. Like that's, I, I hope that people, was, that was great. I hope. I hope your viewers found it interesting. I know we we kind of went off on some tangents, but hopefully they found it interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure. If they didn't, we had fun, right? Yeah, we did, definitely. <laughs> no. All right. Thanks, Ara. I really appreciate it. We've been going a long time between your show and this show. Yeah, um, my pleasure. Yeah, I wanted to make sure... I stayed over an hour because I know for me, I typically, we keep our shows under an hour, but, uh, today we, I, you know, did a, what is it? An hour, a little over an hour, hour and a half. 36. Yeah. Hour yeah. and a half, something like that. And, and you like off, off the cuff, Ara, I love this. The off the cuff, just having fun, free flowing. <laughs> we're doing another, uh, we're going to do another bourbon Friday or whatever we're going to yeah, call those. That's coming up. Uh, that's coming up soon. We've already got um, somebody in industry to come on and, uh, he, we just got to get our bourbon uh, drinkers, <laughs> our schedule. Yeah. Our schedules lined up and we're, we're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, don't think there's many people that are listening that don't already listen to your show, but, uh, HD guys, I've been listening to them for a very, very long time. Um, they're literally one of the first home theater podcasts ever, you and Braden. So definitely check them out. And our, why don't you give them the information on where they can find you? So you could find us at htguys.com and, uh, everything you need to know about us is there. Um, actually, if you want to send me an email, it's ara at htguys.com and Braden is Braden at htguys.com. That's really pretty much everything you need to know about getting in touch with us. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you very much. We'll get out of here. Um, we'll be back. I'll be back later this afternoon, uh, with John and Steve at 5 p.m. for our live show on Tuesdays. So, uh, see you then. Join us in, uh, you can join us on Twitter and leave comments. You can join us on YouTube and leave comments. Uh, but other than that, uh, if you want to be on the show, email me, dj at brightsidehometheater.com and, uh, you can take Ira's place next week. <laughs> Thanks, Ira. Talk to you later, buddy. My pleasure. See you soon. And everybody else, you know what you gotta do. Go push play. What he said. Hey, Frank.
This has been a Hey Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.